Hey, what's up, nerdies? English Dave here to introduce another episode of the Rooftop Talk presented by the Nerdy Bunch. Recently, Carlos and I were able to see Overlord, the World War II set Nazi zombie movie by Bad Robot Productions. If you want to know our thoughts on that movie, check out our spoiler-free review. Co-created by J.J. Abrams in 1998, Bad Robot would go on to make many TV shows and a whole bunch of popular movies, so Carlos and I decided to have a discussion on the company. If you guys enjoyed, let us know, send us an email, info at thenerdybunch.com or follow us on social media at The Nerdy Bunch. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and as always guys, keep it nerdy. That's what happened to you caught so early. Yeah. Well, Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams. Um, a lot of people know him for Lost and Star, Star Wars and Star Trek, but you don't realize the connection for that as well is that he produces or, or his part of his production company produces or co-produces a lot of the stuff he's involved with. Yes. It's always a smart thing to do. A lot I feel of smart like, do that. I feel like what's interesting is that J.J., when he does this, it normally starts off because again, it's now three franchises that they're managing, that they're producing yes. constantly, and it, the all the thread for all three of them is that he he directs an installment, and mm. then after that, the production company stays on. Mm. I was going to say that I was going to say that a lot of directors like Nolan, right? His production right. company would co-produce Sin Copy. Yeah, but the difference. Oh, I should lower my phone. The difference is Bad Robot works with other directors right not just jj it, it's not just jj movies that you, yeah that you see in bad robot most of them yes but not all of them like i said i was i felt like i feel like the cornerstone of of this production company is in the franchise is having like the franchises mm. and the connected thread is being that jj directs the first one and then they they kind of keep the franchise they keep producing the franchise yeah, yeah, yeah. so like the first one was star trek which you know has gotten another director since he took installment on. And same I, with Mission Impossible. Yeah. Same with uh, you know Cloverfield, but even though he never directed Cloverfield. Well, let's go. Let's go. In but order. Star Wars as well. Same thing. Let's go in order of the mo- at least movies at first. Even though they did start on TV, um, though their first TV and their first movie thing came out around the same time, because Alias was the first TV show for Touchstone, which is now ABC in two thousand one. And 2001 is when we got Joyride as well. Which, wow. <laughs> so they, so could, he, they just launched right off yeah, the bat. They came fired right off. Uh, was it, what, three three years after after being created? You're creating 1998. By 2001, you're releasing a TV show and a movie. Wow. Um, Alias would go on to do very, very well with, um, what's her name? Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. Alias is a show I, I got onto a lot later. I would hear about it, but I didn't really get onto it. And I, I liked it a lot. It got a bit crazy towards the end. Uh, you could see J.J. planting the seeds for what would become his whole mystery box type of filmmaking. That right. he, he practiced a lot on that. And um, I didn't realize Joyride was a Bad Robot comp- a company, a productions movie. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that either. I just thought it was one of those like enjoyable yeah. horror thrillers from back in the day starring Paul Walker. Written by J.J. Co- written, written by J.J. Like, Co-written by J.J. I, I found that very interesting because it doesn't feel... I mean, I guess in some ways you could see maybe certain seeds well, that are planted for certain future I would, stuff. I would say that it, I would say that you get the JJ feel from it, and the fact that 
you actually gave a fuck about the characters. Yes, yes, yes. Sure. Like it didn't seem weird. Um, but I think the first film that kind of felt bad robot, kind of gave that its tone was 2008's Cloverfield, directed by Matt Reeves. Um, was JJ involved in that movie as like a writer or anything like that? I don't think so. I think it was just production, right? So yeah, I think it was production. But the thing is, I think both Drew Goddard and Matt Reeves worked with him on on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, I think it was Drew Goddard that worked on Alias, and Matt Reeves worked on. I think Matt Re- Matt Reeves actually might have worked with um, Joss Whedon on some stuff. I feel like that whole circle is just interconnected somehow. Fun fact: um, Matt Reeves would then go on to do uh, the continuation of the Planet of the Apes movies. Right, he finished stuff, right? Uh, yes, he finished yeah. them off. He is yeah. now supposed to he direct the Dawn. Batman. He did Dawn and War, yeah, and he's supposed to do the Batman for um, Warner Brothers, hopefully without Ben Affleck. And, <laughs> <laughs> and around, around that same time on TV... There's a, there actually is a rumor out right now, currently, that he's the reason why Ben Affleck isn't, isn't oh, coming yeah? back. Nice. Because Matt Reed does, doesn't want it. I'm happy with that. That's good. <laughs> so yeah, 2008 gave us Cloverfield, and 2008 also gave us or gave me and my peeps one of my favorite all-time TV shows, Fringe, which was fucking amazing. Yeah, Dave talks about the show all the time. He's always Fringe. re-watching it. You gotta watch Fringe, because Fringe is pure on adultery to JJ, going to his mystery, <laughs> and I love it. And Fringe has great characters, great science, and to this day, I think it's, one, it's probably the best science fiction show. Still holds up, I've watched it multiple times. Uh, highly recommended, but before yeah, same Fringe, year he he put out Cloverfield. Yes, I'm saying gave us same year as Cloverfield. But before That's that, crazy. on television, 2004, after Alias, they did give us Lost. Lost was a huge hit. It, I think at the time, kind of changed television at the time. You know, yeah. Television. Another was, movie, Drew Goddard actually won a Writers Guild of America award for Lost. Yeah, see, there you go. Lost gave us um, Damon Lindelof as well, who was a writer on Lost, who'd go on to do a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, he did. What's that show he's doing now? The Leftovers. Isn't he working on? Um, didn't he work on the Star Trek series as well? Damien Lindelof. I, no, I think he worked mm-hmm. on. Maybe not. He worked on Alien. Oh yeah, he did work on Alien. Yeah, You're right. That's probably yeah. Where Prometheus. Yeah, like a sci-fi. Oh no, he did. He stayed did Into Darkness. He worked on Into Darkness. Yeah, as well. there we go. The Leftovers, and he's currently working on HBO's Watchmen series. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, what else do we have? It's probably gonna give it a lot of complexity. Oh, definitely, definitely. Didn't he work on Westworld as well, or am I bugging? No, but that is a bad robot. But after after Cloverfield in two thousand nine, J.J. Abrams rebooted the Star Trek franchise uh, to great fanfare. That was his uh, second first no. movie. No, his first movie was MI three. I think his second movie was MI three. Wasn't a it wasn't a bad robot movie. No, MI3 was a bad robot movie. Why is that not on this list? It is on the list. Oh, wait, no. Maybe it wasn't. That's weird, because then the Ghost Protocol was a bad robot production. Yes. Wow, interesting. Wow. And he wrote and directed that film. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't quite yet at the time. Maybe he renegotiated after the third one was successful. Yeah, Yeah, because we did get a Mission Impossible and he did reboot that franchise, and then in 2009, he'd gone to reboot Star Trek as well, and uh, to great fanfare. I love that movie a lot. I think it was great, even though it did deter... I thought I put my phone on silent. It did deter a lot from what I knew Star Trek could be, but as a film, I think it did a great job. 
all bringing Star Trek back to the big screen. Absolutely, and introducing it to people who probably never cared for Star Trek. And I also think in the long run, it's led to things like what's happening now, the new Star Trek Discovery. That's a better, right. that's a better of a production yeah, as well. Yeah, it definitely opened and the door. Star Trek Discovery has the DNA of that Star Trek, yet fits with the old law of Star Trek. So it kind of and goes cerebral. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I love that. I think they could do yeah. that. And 2010 surprised us with a comedy, <laughs> Morning Glory, Bad Robot, Bad Robot Productions, directed by Roger Mitchell, starring Rachel McAdams. Um, oh, I just realized he worked with them twice. Yeah, she was an alias. That's right. As well, um, yeah. JJ wrote this, co-wrote this film, which is crazy weird. And he's the one responsible for Harrison Ford. Because I think at the time Harrison no, Ford. No, he didn't co-write Morning Glory. That's that's a sole writing credit. Oh, he wrote that all himself. No, no, he only produced. Oh, he only uh, produced Morning Glory. Well, oh, I thought he was right. He wrote that as well. Um, what didn't at the time Harrison Ford kind of stop, go off acting for a bit? Yeah, he, he had thought he or he was trying to retire. Yeah, and then JJ brought him back for this movie. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> and then ultimately, I was worked the, with him and. Force Awakens and Solo again, <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, but after that in 2011 he dropped Super 8. Oh yeah, Super 8, one of the most underrated movies from Bad Robot, which would lead to things I feel are also a huge connection to things like um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things happening. This is Stranger Things before Stranger Things, but yeah. after the Spielberg. This was like the um, JJ's kind of homage to Spielberg. Yeah, he was really trying to be on his Amblin Entertainment yeah, yeah. with this one. It's like, okay, I'd he said it to too. It. He said, "I felt like I, I would, I would have seen the Amblin Entertainment logo before oh, yeah. this film." Oh yeah, I think, and that was Spielberg uh, is clearly a huge influence, or that Spielberg era of films a huge influence in Jojo. Absolutely, and absolutely. I think this was that homage. I, I actually didn't realize that the film <coughs> actually outgrossed its budget by so much. Two hundred and sixty point one million. Oh, pretty good actually. On fifty million yeah. budget, all of their movies until now actually have been outgrossing their budget so they're actually been make they were making a profit on these films even joyride i feel like very interesting i feel like um what's it called oh so this makes sense maybe that's the reason that um bad robots didn't produce mission impossible because jj abrams ultimately wanted to do ghost protocol or crack the story for it but then they gave it to brad bird because he was doing Super 8 at the time. Uh, they both came out in the same year. Oh, wow. Two months apart from each other. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, six months apart from each other. Uh, I think Super 8, I mean, more people need to see Super 8. No, yeah, Super 8 is very underrated. I would actually maybe call like, it the gem out of all the I films like that we're talking about. You and I need to do a podcast on Super 8. That so, is also like, something we, we do. We need to do a talk just on Super 8, because I think Super 8 is such a great movie that no one pays attention to. But Absolutely. In that, in that same year as Super 8, JJ, alongside Christopher Nolan's brother, Jonathan Nolan, or Jonah Nolan, as some people call him, would give us Person of Interest. Right. Which is a great TV show. Another great TV fantastic, show. Fantastic. Uh, starring Jim Caviezel and uh, Taraji P. Henson. Uh, it was an amazing TV show that goes into, like, you know, an interview with JJ, he said that he tricked CBS. It was a CBS show. Right. And I was like, how is CBS doing a sci-fi show? Because don't take... Yeah, that's the- actually dark for CBS standards. <laughs> like, very... You think about the other shows that they produce. But not just dark, but it's a hardcore sci-fi show that deals with AI. Right. And JJ said that he tricked CBS because he presented it as just like a regular procedural cop show. <laughs> because it plays... The first episode plays out like as a cop show. Like, this yeah. cop, you got to catch the bad guy. Obviously, the pilot like, would have to be like that. <laughs> but then when you go into it, this is spoilers for the show, but it's not really a big spoiler. It's, it's a spoiler, but whatever. It's a way that can 
can be a hook to get people to watch this show. Basically, the premise of the show is this rich guy is like Batman. Imagine Batman and Bruce Wayne with two different people. This rich guy has a computer that he can program and has a means to tell him people's social security numbers. And the social security numbers will tell you whether that person is, is going to be involved in a crime. They don't know whether the person is the victim or the person is a perpetrator. They're just involved in the crime. And so he has the help of Jim Caviezel's character, who is the muscle, to try and help him figure it out. Later on, that's the beginning of it. So it's like every crime of the week, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. So it's actually like rotating. But <laughs> by the end of the first season, you find out that, well, how is this, how is this computer work? Yeah. Like, yeah, you get the numbers, but you're still predicting what's going to happen before. Because right. the idea is that New York and major cities are covered in so many cameras that the computer can use... Um, what's it called, machine learning, to know that if you're someone searching for fertilizer yeah. and you've been going to certain locations and you've been searching how to build a bomb, you're probably building a bomb to use at a certain place. That's amazing. But this takes it a step further by saying this computer is not a regular computer. It's actually artificial intelligence. It's alive. So that's where the sci-fi kicks in. Five seasons. That this guy created a computer that was alive and now this computer controls everything. And it's, gotcha. a, it's like a god. Like it's so crazy hardcore sci-fi that I think it's highly recommended. And it's not far-fetched that that's the reason why they would make Westworld. Exactly, you can see that. I mean, you could actually look at um, Person of Interest as a precursor to Westworld. It could be a precursor. Definitely. And just the technology they create and how, you know, you can start with Person of Interest where you create a computer that's alive and AI. And then in Westworld, you gave it a body. Right. It it's just like a real cerebral yeah. like AI plot. Exactly, exactly. And that's where Person of Interest goes. Again, Jonathan Nolan, Chris Nolan's brother, makes a lot of sense. Him and JJ working together. Him and JJ working together is like <laughs> two superhumans in one room. Seriously. It's so good. Um, and then in 2011, again, yeah, we got Mission Impossible. We had Super 8 and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which right. I just mentioned, uh, JJ produced. 2013, JJ came back for a Star Trek sequel, Into Darkness. Which uh, was kind of like down the middle received. This this is when JJ's whole magic mystery box became a problem. Yeah, because no, it's not Khan. Yes, yeah, it is. Khan. No, it's not Khan. <laughs> you should have just said yeah, it's Khan. <laughs> no, it's not Khan. JJ. Uh, a lot of fans found out that uh, what's his name? What was the actor? Wasn't it Benedict yeah, Cumberbatch? Ben, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch will play a character, and his name was like John something. And everyone was like, no, you're just doing Wrath of Khan again. He's like, no, I'm not. He's like, yeah, you are. Like, no, I'm not. And JJ was so loud about it. It's not like, it would have been better if he just kept quiet. And yeah. Just like, no comment. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, no comment. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not Khan. <laughs> Mind up. you, when you go to the Wikipedia page, they literally have some Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. as Khan. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 yeah, the name was even, yeah, John Harrison. That was the name, the fake name. That a, we gene used. a genetically engineered <laughs> superhuman and given the alias of John Harrison. <laughs> and I was oh, just like, man. why not say it's Khan? It doesn't matter. Like, what? That's crazy. But it was still a financial success. It, it got positive reviews, and it's the highest grossing entry in the Star Trek franchise. But I feel like that's the reason the next one didn't do as well. Even though I think the next one's one of the better ones. Yeah, the, the next one was actually pretty fun. Yeah, it's just uh, I think the second one kind of made people lose their faith, interest, in, interest it. in it. Yeah. It kind of brought it down a bit. And what else? What TV did it do in 2011? Oh, no, 12. no, 2013. Okay. Yeah. It had Alcatraz in 2012, and that was okay. Almost was, Human. Uh, oh, Almost Human was great. Yeah, one season. With uh, Michael Eli. Yeah, Michael yeah, Eli. Yeah, that, that, again, that was another Michael season. Eli and Carl Urban, yeah. who was also in Star Trek oh, at the there time. You go. Almost Human was, again, kind of a precursor to Westworld, where it dealt with human and AI. Interesting yeah. what, they were, what they were doing. Revolution was another TV show where 
the idea was that suddenly out of nowhere all the power and energy in the world just disappeared in terms of power mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was an interesting series. I remember seeing some episodes. Got cancelled. And then movies, we go back. Uh, what else did they produce? 2012, 2013. 2015, no, 20... Nah, the 2015 was the next. Yeah, 2015, next big thing. Christopher McQuarrie, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Ooh! Oh, that's when things changed. And look, again, just ironically, JJ did Star Wars and was the reason they had to give Rogue Nation to, to McQuarrie. Because I'm pretty sure JJ wants to do one again at some yes. point. Um, yes, uh, in 2018 we ha- no 2015 we had both Force Awakens directed by J.J. Abrams and Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation directed by Christopher McQuarrie. So Bad Robot was uh, on the high right there. Yeah, they were firing on all cylinders at that time. Oh, terms real, of- they really did. They also had an indie that year called Infinitely Polar Bear, uh-huh. which apparently was really good, but didn't make its budget I, back, I, I, unfortunately. I didn't hear about that. 2016, Cloverfield Lane and Star Trek Beyond. Cloverfield Lane was a sleeper hit. I feel like yeah, I actually saw that one. It was it was pretty pretty decent. It was it was unexpectedly well. It wasn't Cloverfield movie. It was, one, it was when they started in the secrets, right? When they didn't let us know that this was a Cloverfield related film. It wasn't marketed as yeah. such. That's a last minute. Yeah, this yeah. film got announced a month before release, yeah. I believe. And I think it had a different name. And it was off. No, yeah, it was called like the Cellar, or yeah, something like that. that. Yeah. And then we only saw a trailer with John Goodman and this girl, and you thought it was this film about this guy. Who uh, trapped the girl, girl and yeah. it ends up being a Cloverfield movie. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, this is connected to Cloverfield. And then oh, it's like, oh, it's like Cloverfield Lane. Oh my god. And then Star Trek Beyond, Justin Lin coming off of Fast and Furious, right? Was it just Fast and Furious? Did yes, he was coming off of Fast yeah. and Furious. Yeah. The f- yeah, the fifth and sixth. Yeah, because I remember the trailers for this. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's gonna just gonna make Star Trek into Fast and Furious." That's exactly what it was, though, and it wasn't bad. You know, this is the first Star Trek movie for me that felt like a television episode. Yeah, and I, and I, that's why I liked it a lot because it felt like a contained story and like a, an episode with the characters. It didn't feel like a thread from the films. No, no, it didn't, and it wasn't trying to. St- Put other threads, which is like this is like oh welcome. This is like a story containing the yeah. same actors that you like in the role. And and I like I said, I think it didn't do as well because the previous film wasn't that good. And so yeah, now nah, the like, second oh. one kind of took it to, yeah. and then it got emotional. Mm-hmm. It was it was a little weird. It was a little weird. And then the in 2018 in film we had Cloverfield Paradox and Mission Impossible Fallout. They just started hitting two for two every year, except for that year. Cloverfield Paradox was supposed to be a Paramount release, but then last minute they surprised everyone at the Super Bowl. Like, here you go, you can watch it now <laughs> on Netflix. Right. And everyone was like, oh my god, this is the best marketing ever. Until they and realized. Until the movie came out and they realized it <laughs> fucking sucked. It might be the worst production ever that I, they've made, God I Particle. I still don't I haven't it. watched it either. I still don't watch it. But it's gotten the most negative reviews out yes. of anything they've ever put out. So, But you know what? They don't care because Fallout, Mission Impossible, was fantastic. The second one, Christopher right. McQuarrie. Uh, they were Not so impressed with him. The park. <laughs> they were so impressed with him with with uh, Rogue Nation that he became the first director to return do two movies. Even JJ hasn't done that. Right. Mission Impossible franchise. That movie's fantastic, and I hope he comes back for another one. I just think. I think yeah. he should just stay. That's a franchise. trilogy for sure. He yes. has to come back. I feel like he should be the one to retire Cruz. Wow. Like, because you know, Cruz is going to eventually retire. Yeah, the yeah, of right? course. And I feel like it should be with McQuarrie. It shouldn't Word. be. I feel, I feel like, like he might end at 10. I yeah. feel like he might get there before yeah. Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh shit. And um, do it on the sixth one. Right? We maybe talk about 2018. <laughs> we maybe talk about 2018 in film, but in 20, uh, we missed one thing. We missed a lot of in, things. We missed 2016, in, they dropped the Stephen King. Uh, 
series 11 62 63 oh yeah that was really good that they dropped that with, what's that with um, what's Hulu? what's um um james franco franco yeah he also produced by the way yes that and then um, they also gave us one of our and favorites they gave it westworld. westworld yes yes once again uh, jonathan nolan coming back uh, to working with jj abrams uh, after we said person of interest and westworld is fantastic i haven't seen season two yet though yeah, I haven't suck. seen season two yet either. I suck, I suck. But you know what I have seen? One of the other shows in 2018, Castle Rock. Castle Rock. Castle Rock was a show that brought together all the Stephen King stories into one narrative. For those who don't know, I've mentioned it briefly, previously, that all of Stephen King's stories are intertwined in some form or way, either very loosely or very specifically. Interesting. Yes. And so that's what Castle Rock is doing. Castle Rock was very well done, except for the finale. I wasn't happy with the finale. Mm, I'm gonna have to check it out. But it's definitely worth checking out. It's definitely worth checking out. And 2019, J.J. Abrams returning to Star Wars universe with episode nine. He wasn't originally supposed to do that, but controversy led to him doing it. Word. We haven't talked about Star Wars, <laughs> but yeah, Bad Robot has produced episode seven and on. Yes. And uh, yeah, and I think they're gonna keep producing, co-producing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious why, how Disney allowed that to happen. Yeah. Maybe they just love the energy you like, kicked okay, it off fine, with. Fine. You kicked it <laughs> off with an energy. Um, I'd love to see more TV stuff. Uh, I'd love to see JJ come back and deal with TV for a bit. Or do like a Netflix series. They haven't, have they done, they haven't done Netflix. They haven't done Screen. Nah, they've done because, Hulu. It's because, yeah, they've done Hulu. And they've done Amazon. By Warner Brothers. They've done Hulu and Amazon, but not Netflix. Yeah, but not Netflix. That's interesting. Warner Brothers. Probably. Actually, well, they dumped their shit on Netflix, right, with, with Paradox. <laughs> true, true. Damn, but, that's so true. Yeah. But that's film, though. Yeah, but they haven't actually. I think for TV series. They haven't actually from the ground too up. committed to yeah. like Warner Brothers and. To Though I think we could see Netflix just because now that Paramount, because you know, Disney owns majority stake in Hulu because of the Fox purchase, so maybe you could see them going to Netflix. Interesting. Yeah, maybe he'll do a series yeah. for the streaming service. Oh, maybe for pa- Star Wars. Maybe pa- yeah, for Disney streaming service. Like, no, yeah, no, yeah, true. JJ. Like he could, he could just after Episode Nine probably do his own thing like Ryan Johnson. I'd, I'd love to probably. see. I'd love to see them do a straight sci-fi series again, or JJ involved more so than. Yeah, like him actually directing. Yeah, yeah, that would be really dope to yeah. finally get like a JJ directed series, yeah, yeah. like him and Jonathan Nolan actually working side by side. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, because he that, writes and JJ directs. Yeah, yeah, like that. Or wow. if they even did a movie where wow, a where, where, where Nolan writes and JJ yeah. directs. Jonathan Nolan and like JJ. that'd be sick. Ooh, that'd be sick. See, now we get to JJ Abrams territory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can do one on JJ. I mean, too. who else does Bad Robot have? They have Drew Goddard. You know, yeah, and Matt Reeves, Matt too. Reeves. And Dan Trachtenberg, who did Tankoville Lane, is another one. Christopher McQuarrie, essentially. Yeah, that's a little. That's a yeah. good team right there. Nah, yeah, they got a strong <laughs> team of people. That's a good team. Well, do you guys like any of the oh, Do you guys like any of the Bad Robot movies and TV shows? Which ones are your favorites? Did we leave anything out? That was a good, nice little short conversation. I feel yeah. On the I'm Bad Robot, we should, we should definitely do this again. Sometime. Yeah. Would you guys like us to talk about other production studios? We're thinking of maybe Pixar or uh, what's what other studios? Legendary, Legendary studio. or Skydance. Yeah. Skydance. Uh, any studios you guys would like us to? Amblin Entertainment. Oh, Steven yeah, Spielberg. Yes, we could do the Spielberg. OG. Oh, we could do that. the OG version. OG stuff. Let <laughs> us know which ones you guys want us to talk about. Info at thenerdybunch.com or follow us on our social medias at the nerdy bunch uh, so look out for all our podcasts guys monday to friday we release something thank you carlos as always thank Big you Dave. my name is english day this has been a nerdy bunch 
presentation of a rooftop talk. And as always, guys, keep it nerdy. nerdy.